And you're saying that the Flaming Ball and the Space Net are also the Jelly Donut and are the Old West? Okay, well, when you say it like that... <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, be me sure. Scotty, be me sure. Four, three, two, one. Scotty, be me sure. Scotty, Scotty, be me sure. Scotty, be me sure. Four, three, two, one. Scotty, be me sure. Hi friends, welcome to What We Think Happened, which is a show where we watch a piece of media in a language we don't speak, and then we tell you what we think happened. I'm Emma. And I'm Ian. And uh, what are we watching today, Ian? This week we're watching the pilot episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, the classic TV show from the 90s, I think? Probably mid-90s? Early 90s? I do not know. I think I remember it airing while I was like single digits age-wise, oh, okay. which would have been in the 90s. Yeah. Well, so the reason that we picked uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, TNG? No. T- I think it's TNG. The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, TNG. That's what people call it. The reason S- we picked... S-T-T-N-G. Really? I don't know. That's, Probably. That's too many. Yeah. The reason we picked this piece of media, which we clearly know very little about, is because we know very little about it. The idea was we wanted to try watching a show, specifically in German, because we just moved to Berlin. From the United States. Yes. And we speak no German. Very little. Kein Deutsch. Kein Deutsch, which means no German. So we speak like... Ein Ambition. Sure. Which means a bit. Emma has taken a four-week class in German. I have. So I know ein bisschen of Deutsch. Auf Deutsch. <laughs> no, it's just ein bisschen. It's, it's ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. But not with a horrible American accent. We're going to be watching Star Trek The Next Generation with German audio and no subtitles. The pilot episode is an hour and a half long, apparently. Um, So this is already more of a commitment than we were expecting. I've been interested in consuming more of the Star Trek franchise. All that I've seen in the past is like the vague memory of the next generation playing on TV on like one of the two channels that we got like kind of fuzzily in rural Tennessee. And I think I've also seen one of the movies based on Next Generation. Star Trek Resurrection, I think, which had Patrick Stewart and the gang. <laughs> and You don't were... know any of their other names, do you? No, there's like Data and Riker. You got me. That's more than I know. That's probably it. Riker has a beard. Cool. Is maybe kind of skeezy. We'll find out. We'll find out. Well, I've seen, I think, two of the recent movies with Chris Pine. Oh, yes, I've seen. As Kirk. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the extent of my Star Trek knowledge. I've seen a couple. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some videos, maybe, of, of like the original Star Trek with Kirk and Spock, and they love each other, I think. So, clearly, we've picked this piece of media that we don't know very much about. We're going to watch it in a language that we don't speak. We're going to try to recap for you what happened in the, after we watched this hour and a half pilot to see how well we did. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Let's move into predictions okay. for what we think 
is going to happen in the first episode. What we think will happen as opposed to what we think happened. This is the part of the show that is not reflected by the title of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, predictions. What's going to happen? They're going to be on a spaceship. Mm -hmm. Kirk won't be there Mm. because it's the next generation. So Kirk and Spock, who are in love, are dead? And if it's the next generation, then that means that Patrick Stewart and the gang are their children. (laughs) Patrick Stewart's in it. Mm -hmm. He's the captain. I don't know his name. Picard. Picard, right. Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Why do we know his name? Just like cultural... Permeability. Cultural permeability. (laughs) (laughs) Cultural osmosis. Yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) Your, your, our brains are selectively culturally permeable. Mm -hmm. And through the process of cultural osmosis, we're able to glean Jean-Luc Picard's full name. Yes. And his rank. Captain. Captain. (laughs) I was like, wait, what's his rank? (laughs) I don't know. What do you predict will happen? I predict that Patrick Stewart and the gang will meet some aliens who seem mean, but turn out to be nuanced. That's like Star Trek's thing, right? I think so. Right. So, okay. Other things I know about Star Trek. It's Starfleet. Starfleet is the name of the organization. Yeah. We've seen Galaxy Quest, which is like a spoof on Star (laughs) Trek. So that might actually be like some pretty good background knowledge. <laughs> they do like Stardate and they do like oh, Captain's Log. Yeah, that's another I guess Star that's Trek true. Thing. Anyway. Did Star Trek originate that? Mm, not next gen. No, certainly not. <laughs> no, but like original. That would make sense. Yeah, maybe. Should we watch the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Great. And we're back. So, initial thoughts. Well, my first note was just that intro, though. I realized as it started, um, because of the graphic novel in German I was reading that I ended up putting down because I was getting nothing out of it. Um, (laughs) Yep, I remember that one. (laughs) um, Which was called, pardon my pronunciation, Weltraumkrummel. Oh, right. Weltraum is space. Is space. And that's the first word in the intro. And when he said that, I realized that I knew part of that intro because it's space. The infinite frontier. Isn't it the final frontier? Oh, I, maybe I don't know it. <laughs> I realized how I, I had heard it before. <laughs> I know. Just every time there was dialogue. Yep. <laughs> it's a it's a talky show. It's a talky show. I won't say that I got a whole lot out of the plot. I also want to jump in and make sure that our listeners know. When we were coming up with the idea for this podcast, Eve was very concerned that we were going to understand too much. He was trying to figure out the best way for us to be as confused as possible by the media we consumed. Because I felt like that's where the humor was going to come from. And I think you were just really overestimating how well we can understand a story based on visuals alone. (laughs) So yeah, it's a talkie show. It's a talkie show. Oh, the Let's... voiceover. So it starts with like the voiceover of Picard doing his like star date. Yeah, the know, captain's log. Blah, 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 captain's log. Voiceover is just really not intelligible when you don't speak the language. Oh yeah. I mean, it's already kind of tough because when we're seeing the characters, like the lips don't match because they're speaking another language. But 
you can see you can get some from like their facial expression and right. their their physicality and the situation. Right. But with you're right with voiceover. It's just, oh, yeah, let's look at some panning stars for a while. <laughs> so it starts on the Enterprise. We're kind of meeting people. We're meeting Picard. I heard Farpoint Station come up in the dialogue oh, a like number of times. I didn't even hear Farpoint Station in the beginning. Oh, no. It was like partway through the episode when I was like, what is this episode called? <laughs> what are those English words they're saying? <laughs> there are a number of words which always popped out to me, the yeah. English words. And they were Farpoint Station, okay. Phaser, Phaser, and Riker, and Captain, <laughs> and Captain, <laughs> Commander. Yeah, I heard Commander a couple times too. Yeah, but like, oh, and uh, Counselor. But like Riker was like his name came up all the time. Every other sentence had Riker in it once he showed up. Yeah, which was interesting. Yeah, since there are other people whose names I still have no idea what they yeah. are. <laughs> Because we didn't hear them once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or we probably did, but I didn't hear right. them. <laughs> um, okay, so I think they're flying to a Farpoint station from the beginning. Well, first, oh. the curly-haired woman in blue, mm -hmm. who, they, who Picard refers to as Counselor, and mm -hmm. I didn't get any more of her name, so she's just curly in my notes. Headband woman in Headband my notes. woman, yeah. nice. Uh, so she has a vision. Um, mm -hmm. That's so Raven style. Is that what Raven does? Isn't that so Raven? I never saw that show. It's the future she can see. That's so Raven. I did I didn't think She can see the future? Yeah, that's the premise of the show. That show sounds so much cooler than I thought it was. <laughs> okay, I I came up with this <laughs> reference and I was like, he's not gonna get this. <laughs> but but anyway, so curly haired, she's she's Raven. Raven Simone. And so by saying that she's Raven Simone, you mean she can see slightly into the future? Yeah, I mean she's the character who has visions. Okay. And like kind of stares off suddenly. And oh, has yeah. A vision. Oh, I got yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so she has a vision. She has a vision, and then the ship flies into a big space net. Okay, yeah. I thought of it as a space cage. It didn't enclose them at first. And so. Right, because that was one of the things they tried was just like, let's just back up the spaceship and go in the other direction. Right, and then it started chasing them as a ball of fire. Yeah. It's a weird show. Right. They're trying mm -hmm. to get to Farpoint Station. Okay. They encounter the space net, yep. and they're like, I guess we can't go this way. And then a Renfair actor appeared on the ship. Oh, right. The mean shapeshifter. The mean shapeshifter. <laughs> or fancy guy, as he is in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> he has ice powers and net powers. <laughs> <laughs> and teleportation powers. Yep, and he's a shapeshifter. So they identify him pretty quickly as Q. Yeah. Which I don't know, I don't know how they got his name. Yeah, I didn't hear him say it, I heard Picard say right. it. Right, Picard just like went to voiceover and said something about how like Q had shown up on their ship. Right. We but in German, yeah. I don't know. And they just argue with him for a while. He speaks very fast in German. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the point in the episode, and what, this is probably like five minutes in. Yeah. This is the point in the episode where I realized this is a dialogue-heavy show. Yeah. <laughs> so then Fancy Guy disappears after a prolonged argument, and then they decide to fly away from the big space net, which doesn't work because it collapses into a ball of fire and chases them. So their backup plan is to separate the ship into two, where yeah. it turns into like a joystick and the Millennium Falcon. And the Millennium Falcon like floats away, and they're all on the joystick. They leave Worf. Oh, they leave Worf on the Millennium and Falcon, And a couple yes. other people. Right, because it's um, Cutie, uh, the, the cute lesbian with the blonde hair. I heard Lieutenant 
Yar? Is her name Yar? Um, I heard Yaw. Yaw? But maybe with the German R's, it might be Y-A-R. Which it is doesn't like a sound good, familiar. It's a good future name. Yeah, Yaw. Anyway, so the cute blonde in the yellow shirt, Data, whose name I know, mm-hmm. Picard, whose name I know, <laughs> and curly-haired woman, Raven Simone, are letting themselves be captured, and it's all very dramatic. They all, like, warped over. Is it warping? They beamed? Beamed, yeah. They beamed over to turn-of-the-century London. <laughs> they, the costumes felt very, like, My Fair Lady, like everyone was going to have a Cockney accent, mm-hmm. and they were all kind of raggedy. Except but, for the people in the, like, kind of problematic... Oh my gosh, yeah, the, like, uh, super problematic. The, like, really racist, like, Fu Manchu kind of yeah, outfit. Yeah. That was strange. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I don't, I did not understand what was happening here. They, they were on the little joystick part of the Enterprise and the fireball caught up with them. Yeah. And inside the fireball was turn of the century London. I think so. And they voluntarily, or they didn't look like it was voluntary. They get beamed over and they're in this court kind of. Yeah, it's like an arena. The folks in the rags are all in the stands and being like a rowdy audience. And then there's guys with blowtorches for hands. Which make like a machine gunny sound. Yeah, they were spooky. And then uh, Space Wizard comes back. What were you calling him? Space Wizard? Were you calling him Space Wizard? Q. What were you calling him? That was Q? Q? Yeah! Okay, I couldn't tell that was Q. Q is the, the, like, Renaissance-era bishop. Okay, I didn't... It looked like a different guy to me. I agree. It took me a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's still Q. No, a different guy is Space Wizard. We meet him later. A different guy is Space Wizard in your notes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what were you calling... What were you calling Q? Fancy guy. Fancy guy. Okay, so fancy guy has done a costume change. Yeah. And comes out on a throne. And it seems to be flying. Yep. But we never see it flying. We just see the height of the throne changing. So it might just be on a crane. Like in in the universe, it might... (laughs) (laughs) It's our Lord Bishop on the crane. (laughs) Oh, I just found an important note. He has like red latex gloves. So imagine a Renaissance bishop. Meets Dr. Frankenfurter. From From Rocky Horror. From Rocky Horror, yeah. Oh, that is a good comparison. Okay, so they're in this court. Blonde lady jumps out and kicks one of the guys with machine guns for an arm. Unprompted. Yeah, seems to be unprompted. They didn't seem to be really doing anything other than sort of shooting their little little tiny flamethrowers in the air. Well, but then the bishop freezes blonde lady. Pretty soon after, I heard Picard sort of get mad at Fancy Guy and say uh, say a word that it sounded like unfair, hmm. which sounded like the English word unfair. Might have been something else. He might have been saying that this was unfair what you did to <laughs> the, my blonde lady. So Fancy Guy unfreezes her, much to the distress of the entire crowd. Yes. Then um, someone hands Picard a tablet, an etch a sketch. An etch- <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, someone hands Picard a tablet. He spends some time reading it. 
The crowd's very excited. Uh-huh. And then suddenly Data and Raven Simone are being held at gunpoint. And then it was a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> And ominous music was playing. So whatever Picard did looking at this Etch-a-Sketch, he said something, Mm -hmm. which was not the right thing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Etch-a-Sketches are hard to draw in, though, so maybe he just couldn't read it well. (laughs) (laughs) You're imagining the message was drawn on the Etch-a-Sketch by Fancy Guy. (laughs) Probably. So then they're being held at gunpoint. I heard Mm -hmm. Fancy Guy. Say to Picard, Schuldisch oder nicht Schuldisch? And Picard says, Schuldisch. And everybody gets excited. Do you know what that means? Uh, no. So, okay. I, <laughs> so I wrote down an approximation. I wrote, wrote down what I thought I was hearing of Schuldisch. And I looked it up. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying it well. But I think it means guilty. Guilty or not guilty? And Picard, and says, Picard says guilty. Guilty? Who's guilty? I don't know! But it was very dramatic, so they slowed down their speech, so I heard what they said. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after that, they start talking about Farpoint Station to Fancy Guy on the Throne. Mm. And then I heard him say, like, it sounded like it was in English, or else all the German words sound like the English words, because it sounded like... Farpoint Station will be an excellent test site. Okay, I have that note too, and I was like, how did I get that? Because it was like, it excellent was... testing site, or something like that, where yeah. it sounded identical. And so somehow, they got captured. They end up embroiled in some sort of king's court, mm-hmm. slash court of law. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow let it slip that they're going to Farpoint Station. And Fancy Guy on the Throne is like, good idea. We'll go and test our experimental weapons on Farpoint Station, I guess. And so then they're just able to go back to the Enterprise fine. Yep. So I guess they weren't being held captive or they talked their way out of it. I bet they talked their way out of it. Probably. So then we're we're at Farpoint Station. And we meet Commander Riker. Who doesn't have a beard? Because I like know him partially because he has a beard. Oh, I had no idea who Commander Riker was. I was hoping he was not a recurring character for the first half hour he was in the episode, <laughs> because we needed another white guy. We did need another white guy. Another white guy in a position of power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he shows over up. the women and people of color on the ship. Yeah. Okay. I'll stop. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I I recognized him from other episodes where okay. I know that later in the ep- in the show he grows a beard. Okay, very important <laughs> plot point. We meet Riker and he's talking to the character who I dubbed Space Wizard. Okay. Because he looked like a sort of Gandalf the Grey type character. So to me, he looked like the have fun storm in the castle. Oh, Miracle Max from Princess Bride. Yes. Mm-hmm. Played by? Billy Crystal. Thank you. I could not remember Princess Bride or Billy Crystal or like literally anything about that. Mir- what is his name? Something Max? Miracle Max. Miracle Max. I couldn't remember any of those. So every time I wanted to refer to this character, I wrote, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> he was space wizard to me. That's, that's better, maybe. A, well, he also looked kind of like Miracle Max. 
Um, so a kind of like ragged old guy with long hair. He tempts Commander Riker with some fruit. Right. And then Riker's like, no, I don't want any of those bananas, but I will take one of these apples. And then he eats it. And just like walks away. And then the music gets ominous. Right. And, and Wizard Guy is like talking to himself slash the ceiling. He does a bad guy monologue. Yeah. We, it's, we, we got very little of the German language out of this. <laughs> We've been we've been here for like five weeks. I like to think that we're learning things. <laughs> but Well, I kept hearing words I recognized. I just don't know enough to put it together. Yeah. Like I heard a lot of Undan. Oh and then. I haven't started picking that one out I yet. I heard uh Veliked, maybe. Oh maybe. I wrote that down because I recognized the word that was said, <laughs> but I didn't remember what it meant. So what happened with Riker and Oh, yeah, he went to the market then with a red-headed woman in blue who is a doctor and her son, Will Wheaton. A, a doctor. Her son is Will Wheaton. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So Will Wheaton is a person who I do not know and could not identify. And my only real experience with him is as a voice actor on the video game Broken Age. Oh, yeah. Where I got the feeling it was like a guest appearance. Because another person who we meet immediately after we meet Will Wheaton's character is Jack Black. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, Will Wheaton, that must be like a person too. And I guess he's this child on Star Trek. Yeah. Basically, he's a professional nerd. Right. So he hosts Tabletop on Geek and Sundry. Right. Where and they I... play board games on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. And I know that he does lots of other things. <laughs> but that is the main thing that I know him from. And then I like later found out that he was a child actor mm. on one of the Star Trek iterations. And when I saw his name in the opening credits, I was like, oh, Will Wheaton is in Next Generation. Okay. And then when a kid showed up, I just assumed that's Will Wheaton. Baby Will Wheaton does not look like adult Will Wheaton very much. If you say so, I don't know what adult Will Wheaton looks like. That's fine. <laughs> He's not a lot to look at. <laughs> no offense. I'm... Sorry, Will. Sorry. We know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> So yeah, there's the woman in the Starfleet uniform mm-hmm. who is a doctor. How did apparently she's a doctor? I did they not. They call get her that. doctor a bunch of times. Do you know the word for doctor? Doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a German word for doctor, though, right? Uh, it's like arts. Arts. Or in her case, she would be an artsin. Oh right. Because gendered nouns. What's that about? <laughs> Okay, so they call her doctor, I guess. I didn't catch that. Um, but I got that he was her son. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he introduces Riker to his mom. Oh, I missed that. I think I heard, like, Ziest, mein mom. Mutter. I think he just said mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they do say mom. <laughs> and then they go and meet, like, a spooky fabric seller. Yeah, my note is just something creepy with fabric. And so, like, they just talk to this person for a while and some ominous music plays. <laughs> Yeah, and then Riker chatted briefly with uh, LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, which, like, why didn't I remember that LeVar Burton was in this? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, like, as soon as he showed up, I knew his name. It's Jordy LaForge. Oh, see, I didn't until they called him Jordy later, and I was like, duh. Yeah, I, like, it came back to me then that I had seen from the episodes I had seen as a child. Yeah, and then uh, Riker goes and gets beamed up onto the Enterprise from Farpoint Station. 
And apparently he's part of the crew. Right. So he's, knew? he's like, a, it sounds like he's the new guy. Yo, definitely. No. So they show him the, basically like the security footage from the beginning of the episode. Where Fancy Guy showed where up. Where Fancy Guy showed around. up. Yeah. They show him that like Fancy Guy was here and he's kind of like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> how can I help with the situation? Uh, and it seems like Picard is not into him. Yeah. That was a very chilly welcome. Mm-hmm. Not totally sure why. Maybe Picard shares our feelings about introducing another another white guy in a position yeah. of power. Oh, the joystick regroups with the Millennium Falcon. And it but and it's under Riker's control. Like he's yes. overseeing the Yeah, Riker oversees it because it's like very tense, this like redock. Right. Which like I I would believe it would be oh, there. Yeah. It's a huge ship. I'm sure. It seems to go very well. But maybe that's just Everybody the... was very Looked very proud of Riker at the end, except Picard, who left the room. <laughs> right, but like, Riker wasn't doing anything. <laughs> he was commanding. That's what white men do. <laughs> but he barely told anyone what to do. He said like a couple words and then was just like looking very intensely out at like the view screen. And then it like was successful and everyone was like, good job, Riker. <laughs> Well, then Riker goes to, like, follow up with Picard. And Picard uh, is drinking tea scathingly throughout their conversation. Uh, yeah, Picard gives a speech to Riker, something about the kinder. Yeah, I heard something about... It's for the kinder. Yeah, which is kids. Yeah, children. Uh, <laughs> and then he welcomes Riker to the Enterprise. Yeah, and he's, like, totally happy about it now. Yeah. He just needed to, like... Drink some tea and put Riker in his place. <laughs> right, Colin. You're just like the children. <laughs> and then it was all good. Then we're back with Jordy. This is actually when I figured out that the redheaded woman in blue was a doctor. Oh. Because LeVar Burton is talking to her about his eyes. Right. And we get some backstory about his eyes, none of which I understood. No. Seems like he's blind and the visor lets him see. Did you not get that? Um, I'm sorry, that makes... No, it's more... I think of it like in X-Men, the guy with the visor. Uh-huh. So I he just... He shoots lasers from his eyes exactly. when he doesn't have the visor. Exactly. So in my mind, like, LeVar Burton is superhuman, and the visor has to contain him. <laughs> <laughs> and so the doctor was in extreme danger, and she was just handling it very calmly. No, they were just, like, checking in on... His superhumanness. Yep, still superhuman. Okay, put the visor back on. <laughs> That's definitely what was happening there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or my thinking wasn't that the visor gives him vision, but that the visor gives him like a digital way to sense the world. Hmm. Like, I don't imagine it as like souped up glasses. Right. I imagine it is some other kind of technology. So he's got the normal eyes, but he, now he also has the robot eyes. No, that like, yes, he's blind. Okay. But then it's not just like special sci-fi glasses. Oh. It's like he's part android or whatever. It's like how cochlear implants restore people's hearing. They just reroute the way that people hear. So it's not really that it has like fixed his eyes in any way. It's that it's like rerouted the way that he sees. Yeah, well, so we have two working theories about Jordy's <laughs> eyes. Very important. <laughs> Definitely couldn't find an answer to this <laughs> super easily. 
One is he is blind and uh, the visor is giving him some sort of robot vision. Two is he has superhuman eyes and the visor is containing them. And we'll have to see in future episodes which sort of which one plays out. <laughs> Let's move on. So then we're back on the Enterprise. The fancy guy shows up just sort of like in the display screen, like kind of projected on in front of the stars. And they're like mad at him again. And and Worf stands up and like threatens to shoot him, which Picard was kind of mad about because... Worf threatened to shoot him? Yeah. Totally missed that. Or like phase him because it doesn't look like a gun. It looks like he's about to like turn him off with a TV remote control. <laughs> That's probably why I missed it. <laughs> and Picard is like, no, I'm watching that. <laughs> because then like I heard Worf say, Entschuldigung, Captain. Sorry, Captain. So then Riker shows up and has a very intimate moment with the counselor. Mm-hmm. She, like, speaks into his mind. Yeah. Which They're it... definitely former lovers. What? That was the vibe I got. That's all. Oh. I don't actually know. I thought they were both just kind of flirty. <laughs> oh. I felt like they had history. Oh. And she was like, I'm going to talk into your mind and, like, get out in front of this. Oh. So, and this was the first time we saw her talking telepathically, right? Yeah. I think that's the only time she spoke telepathically in the episode, right? Oh. But that's a nice skill. <laughs> well, we're in the distant future here. Mm. Is telepathy common? I don't think so. It seems like a special power she has. Right. She, well, she's a telepath and seems like she's like an empath, too. Mm, yeah. She cried a lot. Yeah. 80% of the time she's on screen, she has an intense, far-off look in her face, and she's gazing, like, five feet to the left of the lens. Mm. So we get, like, a really good shot of her face, but everyone else is like, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the setup of the shots is really interesting. Yeah, it's very theatrical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then uh, the counselor, Raven Simone, Riker, and Picard go and visit... Space wizard. Space wizard. I just have that Raven Simone has a vision next. So maybe it was that she figured out in her vision that he was a space wizard. And mm. they were like, Picard was like, we have no dealings with space wizards. <laughs> and they stormed out. <laughs> and they stormed out. Cut to, there's a forest on the Enterprise. Right, the holodeck. I realized oh. I, I know this thing. What is it? It's like a, it's a holographic deck. Deck. It's like a recreational thing, I think. Interesting. Where they can just, like, create real holograms. Because they were, like, bumping into trees and falling in water and stuff, so... Yeah. It's not... It it's was a like, very nice set. It was a very nice set. And it's a very good hologram. The thing about the Star Trek universe is that it's... It's like a post-scarcity utopia, right? Sure. The reason that they're out exploring... Is, and like just going out and their mission is to explore uncharted worlds because there aren't like wars to fight and there aren't like big problems to solve at home so they can just like go out and see what's out there and that's like their that's like the best most productive thing they can do that's nice so maybe like... the holodeck is a part of this like universe of luxury that they're coming from hmm I was going to say, I feel like that's the best, most productive thing we can do. 
in general. Oh, shit. Right? Just go and explore and learn things about people who are different from us. And be empathetic. <laughs> it's not a bad message. <laughs> so Data and Riker had a nice frolic in the forest. Okay, well, And so... I totally shipped them. Absolutely. They're a very cute couple. But so Riker wanders out and eventually finds Data, who was just like standing in the woods whistling. He was whistling? He was whistling. I missed that. <laughs> well, because then Riker like whistles some more, the continuation of the tune. Oh. And Data turns around and says, something, something fantastiche. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, was, did, did Data, an android, an artificial person, go into the woods in this holodeck on the ship in his spare time to just go and like work on his whistling? Is he the cutest character in the world? Yes. Universe. Yes. Space. Yes. He's a it's a very cute thing that he was doing. Oh yeah, there's a there's a bit later where Data and Riker both get knocked down in an explosion. Mm-hmm. And Riker is really feeling it trying to get up and he's like data are you okay i mean i don't know if that's what he says but something like that right <laughs> and data just like pops up all systems are biting are but bi- oh are working yep it was very romantic it was romantic <laughs> i don't know data can do better <laughs> okay backing up <laughs> yeah we're back on the planet in this so there's like this big city on the planet which has like big a big central spire in it, and it's the only Farpoint Station. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept calling it Spike City. <laughs> Good. I didn't know maybe the planet was Farpoint Station. I didn't think about it anyway. Jordy. Mm-hmm. Cutie. Yeah. <laughs> and Diana. Mm-hmm. Raven Simone's name. Yep. Um, are wandering around some tunnels under Farpoint Station. Yeah, I called them catacombs. Catacombs is yeah. So why were they there? What what that we had seen so far made them go there? Probably one of Diana's visions. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Wait. So, but they're they're going to Farpoint Station mm-hmm. for all we know to pick up Riker and the Doctor and Jordy was Jordy, there as yeah. well. Yeah. So they're going, they're, they're getting the crew back together or they're assembling the crew for the first time. Cute. They go to Farpoint Station. They have some weird encounters on the way, but that's fine. Why don't they leave then? Why did they hang around and go exploring catacombs? Why are they even talking to Space Wizard? <laughs> Why do any of us talk to Space Wizard? It's a good question. He's useless. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I did not follow why they were on the Catacombs adventure. I did get the feeling that Jordy is the resident geologist and was describing the environment for everyone. With his robot vision. Exactly. Oh, that's good. And then raven Simone was totally overcome. The word I wrote down was schmatz. Because that's what she yelled? Yeah, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, and so then Riker and Data beamed down, and Riker, like, went to Raven, his former lover, mm. and said, Estutmer lied. Yes, Estutmer lied, which means I'm so sorry. Yep. What was he sorry about? Did he tell them to go into the catacombs? 
Because in the meantime, he and Data were investigating the spooky fabric seller. And that was our one chance. That was the last we saw of the spooky fabric seller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. you What was the word that you... Schmites? Schmatz. Schmatz? That's how I wrote it. Oh, I had schmites. Okay. But yeah, I wrote that down too. She said it a bunch. She did. We should try to look it up. We're looking it up. Smooch is the translation of schmatz. Okay. Maybe not. Was she yelling smooch? <laughs> and Riker came and down Riker and came. was like, I'm so sorry about the smooches in our past. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going for like, she was yelling smooch and Riker was like, I'm here, darling. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was away from you. We can smooch now as soon as the camera. I brought data. We also My are My new smooching. boyfriend. <laughs> then we're back on the Enterprise mm-hmm. and... Uh, Picard is talking to Will Wheaton and is like, what What are you doing on the ship, apparently? Because he didn't know. And then the doctor shows up and was like, he's my son. Yeah, and Picard and the doctor definitely shared a we have history look. Mm. Okay, so here's my theory. Because what happens next is... Will Wheaton goes and like goes and sits in the captain's chair and Picard is like explaining what things are and Will Wheaton jumps in and is like, I know this, I'm a professional nerd. And, uh, and yeah. so, so how would this kid know what the controls on the deck of the Starship Enterprise are? Here's my theory. Will Wheaton's dad, who we don't see, Captain Kirk. <laughs> Yeah, uh, brain exploding motion. Isn't Captain Kirk like long dead? I want to say it takes place like a thousand years after. Oh, geez, really? No, I probably made that up. We should cut that. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just making shit up. Well, so how else would he know? So I think that's part of, and this is where apparently Will Wheaton's character is like one of the only ones that I know more about than you do. Mm. Where I think his thing is that he's like a boy genius. And so like he ends up helping out on the Enterprise and like being part of the crew Mm. because he's a boy genius. I see. So I interpreted the scene as the doctor coming in and introducing her son to Picard. And asking, you know, will you please take in my boy genius, even though he's not yours? And Picard graciously was like, yes, let me have a moment with your son. And then he starts showing off. Yeah, and Will Wheaton fucked it up. Oh, then they're talking on the phone with the space wizard. Mm. Just in time for like a big, what I have in my notes is a jelly donut spaceship showed up. Oh, that's a good description for it. It's like a bagel, but in the middle where there would be a hole, there's like pink lights. So it looks like a so it's a, So it's a donut instead of a bagel. Yeah. <laughs> it starts, it shines a bright light on him mm. and it nothing seems to happen. But it's very tense. And then we cut back to the tunnels. Right, yeah, we're back in the catacombs and that's so curly. That's what my note says. I think she just had another vision. Right, so because then the, the jelly donut ship starts shooting lasers at Farpoint Station. Well, but not at Farpoint Station. Oh. So here's how I interpreted it. On this planet surface, there's Spike City, which I think is Farpoint Station. Yeah. And then there's the Old West. Oh, yeah. Which is another, like, circular town that looks like the Old West. 
kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of run down and like dusty. And that's where Storm in the Castle lives. That's where Space Wizard lives, okay. is like underneath the Old West. Okay. But everything else we saw was in Farpoint Station. That's where the spooky fabric cellar is. Exactly. Yeah. So it seemed to me like the ship was attacking the Old West, not Farpoint Station. Right. But perhaps Farpoint Station is the collective name for the Old West and Spike City. Maybe you were right to call it Spike City. My thought then was that this is the experiment we heard about. Oh. So this Jelly Donut ship is where Picard and co. got beamed earlier and had the court with the guy on the crane, who was a fancy guy. Fancy guy. And... uh, Renaissance Bishop. Renaissance Bishop. And so now they've arrived here at Farpoint Station and they're testing out their nice new lasers. So then, but then Riker and Data run up to the surface because they were in the catacombs and they're now in the old west and they like look at it and they see the lasers coming down and they just say well i guess we got to run out into it now right but not not only that they like turn Riker like turns back to diana yar and jordy Mm -hmm. and is like y'all need to go home Mm, data and i got this yeah and then my boyfriend and i are gonna figure this out right what are they doing Hell if I know. Are they trying to rescue Space Wizard? Maybe. I guess that that does kind of hold with the rest of the episode. Okay, so they're trying to rescue Space Wizard, but we don't get to see what they're doing right away because we go back to the Enterprise Mm -hmm. where Q shows up and Picard tells him to get off the Brooka. Oh. That was when I heard get off the bridge. I see. Right, yeah, they, and they just, they talk to him for a while, and it seems like he didn't beam onto the bridge, he, like, teleported onto the bridge. It seemed to be a different special effect. Yeah. And because then he was doing it, like, all the time. Right, he did that annoying, like, I'm a wizard, I'm gonna disappear here and appear on the other side of you thing. Yeah. You know, that thing wizards do. <laughs> wizards, those things that exist in our universe. <laughs> right, so, but they... They argue with him for a while, and as far as I can tell, the way that you deal with him is you argue with him for a while, and then he goes away. Yep. (laughs) Because that's how they deal with him every single time. Yep. Which is, like, I guess a pretty good way of dealing with an antagonist, but when you're not getting the content of any of the arguments. Picard is a master negotiator. He's a master arguer. He looked really, really sort of angry at... Q, and Q was like, all right, you win this round. <laughs> uh, then that's when Riker and Data get knocked down. Right, yeah, so we cut back. Riker and Data have been shot by the jelly donut, which is still shooting lasers into the Old West. That's a very good sentence. <laughs> um, then they go and they find the wizard. So yes, they were trying to find the wizard, I guess. Okay. But they see him and he's like cowering behind his desk and they see him and they start yelling at him right away. Like, they are mad at him. They are mad that they found him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, did they just somehow suddenly know that he's, that spooky music played over his dialogue earlier and that he's a bad guy? <laughs> it doesn't matter because then he gets consumed by purple light. Yep. So that was, that was strange, but they don't seem all that concerned about it. Yeah, they kind of just leave. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, purple light, an indication that it has something to do with Q as opposed to him being beamed away. So we're back on the Enterprise and 
then Picard goes and talks to the doctor and... They have kind of a tense conversation. Yeah, like Picard is like very awkward about it. Yeah, I think Picard still likes the doctor. Ooh. And was like trying to get that to happen again. And the doctor was like, no, I'm not interested. I'd like to have a professional relationship. Mm. I heard Vilkam and something on board. Maybe. Yeah, so finally he like got the got the hint and like welcomed her on board. Yeah. And said that he would be her friend. Then we're in the tunnels again. Yah, Riker, Data, and Diana are down there, and Diana gets another vision. They hear someone yelling, Bitte, bitte. Yeah. Which means please, please. So are they in the tunnels again? Cause it looks like the tunnels, but I got the vibe. That they had beamed themselves onto the jelly donut. Huh. What are your thoughts? Maybe the jelly donut had purple light on it. And they just used used the same set as earlier? Maybe. Or are we to make the connection that the catacombs underneath Farpoint Station look a lot like this ship? What could that mean? Does anything on this show make sense? Maybe they say, like, wow, these tunnels look the same. And we just... (laughs) Missed it. We just missed it. But yes, anyway, from wherever they are, Jelly Donut or Catacombs. Mm-hmm. They find Space Wizard. Who is screaming bitter. Yeah, who, who which is, is please. Yeah, who is suspended in this beam of purple light and... Which is apparently hurting him. Apparently hurting him. And so they pull out their guns, their phasers, and turn it off or shoot it. Yep, and it well, frees him and he falls onto a conveniently placed mattress. I didn't notice that and I like assumed he fell onto like a rock slab. Hmm. Well, it was a very, a very <laughs> fluffy rock slab. Here in the future, <laughs> we have very soft rocks. <laughs> you've got your soft rock, then you've got your hard rock. <laughs> so then they rescue him. They bring him back to the Enterprise. Yes, yeah, they bring him back to the Enterprise. And back on the Enterprise, Q shows up. Right, fancy guy's back and... Dressed he, like Picard. Because bum, he, bum, bum! Be- mm-hmm. He sits in Picard's chair. Oh yeah, Picard was not happy about that. Yeah, so they argue. They do the the tried and true tactic of arguing with him, and then stuff that I did not expect starts happening. <laughs> so the jelly donut transforms into a giant space jellyfish. Mm-hmm. So jelly, you were on the right track. Oh shoot, I was. Wow, I was like half there. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think the crew members were realizing that it was a jellyfish before it actually, before the the stellar special effects happened and the jelly donut turned into a jellyfish. Because I heard them saying, uh, ship in German is like shift. And I heard them say, Nicktein shift, not a ship. Oh. So I think it was one of uh, Diana's premonitions. And I think... Miracle Max knew. Yeah, I think he did too, because what happens next is the Enterprise turns and shoots a laser at Spike City. Yep. But it's like a friendly laser. Sure. Yeah. Because Spike City, it turns out, also a jellyfish. Right? And so it just rises up out of the ground and it turns into a jellyfish and it wasn't a city. The spike is gone. All the buildings are gone. It's just now a big jellyfish. Creepy fabric seller was maybe not real. But, but like, that's where like, that's where Riker and the doctor and Jordy were hanging out. 
They were hanging out in Spike City. What happened to all those other people? They were just consumed in this jellyfish? Oh, I imagined that, like, the jellyfish made them. They were, like, hallucinated people? Hallucinated's not the word I want. But then why was Riker there? Why were Riker and the gang there? How long had they been there? Were they hallucinations, too? Oh, God, but they escaped. (laughs) They escaped? (laughs) I don't know, Ian. Well, everyone's totally fine with it. Yep. Everyone on the bridge is no. like, oh, they're, they're like, they're smiling at it. Except. Oh, except uh, fancy guy. No, except space wizard. He was like kind of annoyed. He was? Yeah. Because I felt like Jelly Donut, turns out, was a jellyfish. Farpoint Station was a baby jellyfish. And so baby jellyfish needed to get reunited with grown-up jellyfish. Space wizard was mad because he liked living next door to a baby jellyfish. And maybe that's why Jelly Donut captured Space Wizard, because he was being too possessive. Mm-hmm. Well, and because I also think Baby Jellyfish was Spike City. I think Jelly Donut was the Old West. Plots. What? <laughs> well, because the Old West is like this big circular kind of rundown thing that I could totally imagine that a jellyfish had come out of. You really got to watch this episode, people. (laughs) But let's go back to the fact that everybody, most everyone on the bridge was really loving this jellyfish reunion. Mm -hmm. We got a nice, like, close-up of their tentacles touching. Yep, it was a touching embrace. Diana, in particular, Raven Simone, is particularly moved by this display. She is, like, tearing up. She's a total romantic. She feels very connected to these good, good jelly boys. (laughs) I think she just sort of said something pithy there. Like some, because she had the final line in the episode, as far as I remember. Because she was looking off, you know, five feet to the left of the camera. <laughs> like she does. Like she does. And she was like looking at them flying away into the star set and just said something. And there was like a long pause after it to really let, the, let it sink in. <laughs> She was a big romantic. I think that makes sense. I think she also, it was probably like kind of clever and mm, it was probably mm-hmm. a joke or something like. A good zinger to yeah, end on. Let, let's, let's, let's speculate as to what it might have been. Mm. Boy, I guess they, they really gelled with each other. That was probably it. Or. I don't think I have a better one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she said, ah, the. The painful sting of love. You're very good at this. <laughs> what did we say very good? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she said, what a tenta cool couple. resolution couple. <laughs> Resolution's good. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so Q's still on the bridge because he was there watching it with them. Yeah. He left at the end. He though. left at the end. And the vibe I got was a, uh, you haven't seen the last of me. Heart, heart, fancy guy. Yeah, XO fancy guy. <laughs> because everyone then looks around at each other solemnly, except Picard, who looks forward determinedly. <laughs> Scene. But so what was, what was Q doing? Why was, what is this fancy guy plot? Clearly, his spaceship wasn't the Jelly Donut. And so whatever the experiment that they were going to try to do at Farpoint Station was not shooting lasers at it. They weren't testing their nice new lasers on it. Mm. 
so let's say that Fancy Guy has the Flaming Ball spaceship and he's got his 19th century court on there. He's like hanging out near and by the Enterprise and teleporting over occasionally to argue with people. Yep. What is his end game and why is he mad that the jellyfish are reunited? He hates love. He might hate love. And we haven't seen the last of him because... There's still love in this world and he's still trying to snuff it out. Oh, man. What an evil, evil fancy boy he is. <laughs> That's So that was the pilot of Star Trek... The Next Generation. The Next Generation. Encounter at Farpoint Station. Parts 1 and 2. Parts 1 and 2. Did you want to return to your predictions? Oh, my predictions, right. So my prediction was that we encounter aliens and we think that they're bad, but they turn out to be nuanced. And that's totally what happened. Oh, yeah, with the jellyfish. With the jellyfish. Okay, I was thinking Q, and I was like, mm. No, he's not that nuanced. He just hates love. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the least nuanced villain motivation you can have. Why did you do it? Oh, I'm just evil. I just hate, hate all that's good and hate love and stuff. <laughs> right, love, of course. I love it when my villains are really sort of relatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we should move into the wrap-up then. Okay, how'd we do? Feel free to get in touch with us and tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. As long as you don't, like, spoil anything. In fact, if you, if you can just tell us what you think happened... Based on our description. Based on our descriptions... That would be ideal. We're not really interested in the canonical explanation. <laughs> All right, predictions for what's going to happen in the next episode. Oh, God. We won't see Q. He's going to be like end of season one villain. Totally. Yeah, he's a big bet. In that case, my prediction is we are going to see a lot of love blossom on the ship. That he oh, is going to return. Not there. Yeah, exactly. And love can happen when he's not around. <laughs> And so who's going to fall in love? Data and Riker. Data and Riker. I hope it doesn't last very long because because I think Data can do better. Oh, all right. That's fair. I'm not sure where Data will will move on to next, but hopefully someone very nice. Raven Simone. I mean, they might pair her up with Riker, but hopefully that doesn't last very long. Ugh. My, my hope is that Riker gets killed off in a couple episodes. He grows his beard, and those are, like, the, the screenshots I've seen. <laughs> and he lasts another four or five episodes. Oh, poor Riker. <laughs> if only he were, like, interesting. <laughs> if only. I think they're going to fly around in space more. A fair prediction. I think they're going to keep being dubbed into German. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all we got for you I this think, week, folks. I think folks. we're done here. Thanks for listening. I'm Ian. I'm Emma. And this has been what I think happened. No, what we think happened. That's a way better title than what I thought it was. If I were a character on this show, I'd want to be Data. Oh. Yeah, you're totally Data. Because <laughs> he's just like, he seems kind of naive and like... Like good chipper. Chipper and good spirited and. <laughs>